It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome into Sports by the Book on a Thursday. Happy to be with you as always. I'm Jeff Parles. My co-host isn't here. Oh, that's right. She's off now on Thursdays. Alex, why we'll see her again. I we did this shot last week. It's just depressing. The empty, the empty rest of the desk over there. That will be that side of the desk will be full later in the show. Vinny Maliulo and uh, maybe even a Jimmy Vaccaro. Should we put the here. smiles balloons back? Uh, we should honestly put the balloons back. That voice you just heard is Ryan McCormick, who is always, even though he wasn't today on Punchline. Yeah, everybody can go back and watch that. Everyone go back where yeah. he blasted Star Wars while wearing a Star Wars shirt. Jared. Yes. Well, uh, blasted the one episode that the character wasn't in. Yeah, that is also true. So. That's also true. Ryan McCormick is here as well. Uh, we have a fun show today. Kyma Keen's with us in about 10 to 15 minutes. Yep. We'll have uh, Scott Spritzer as well, longtime handicapper, breaking down the NFL games this weekend. Also, he has a play that involves the IPFW Mastodons. Okay. Ready? A Mastodon. Okay. Which I would argue is the best mascot in college basketball. I'm still trying to figure out what IPFW means. That's Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne. Okay. There you go. Okay. I got you. Don't worry. I got got you on that one, Uh, Ryan. Uh, There is one college... There's two college hoops games going on right now, including the fighting camels of Cam- of Campbell yep. uh, taking on Elon. You throw out the record books when those two play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, 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 Elon up a point at halftime. North Carolina basketball. And that one, yeah, both uh, Elon's North Carolina, right? Uh, or is Elon South Carolina? It might be South. Let's see. Elon University is North Carolina. It is. There you go. Okay. Elon Phoenix. Phoenix and fighting camels, pretty good nicknames and all. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, at the end of the show, our guy Vinny. Uh, and with Jimmy as well. So we got a lot to get to. We're going to do it a little bit differently today here because normally on Thursdays, we find out where the Frank is Nicotero at the end of the show. See, I got it. You got it. You got it. But today, because of how many people are joining us throughout the show, we get to find out where the Frank is Nicotero right now. Let's go check out the bikes. I brought my own. All right, so I'm looking for a new bike. I see this one right here. All right, look at that, 1936. That's way older than my bike. 100 bucks, 100 bucks. It's 100,000, actually. Okay, that's, yeah, I thought, thought I said 100, it's 100,000. We need to, we need to go to like the clearance aisle. I think it's over this way. Uh, I was thinking this one because my feet could touch the ground, but it doesn't scream Frank, you know? This one, sidecar, I would need friends, but, oh yeah. This is the one. Yep. Oh yeah, it's a Zundap Sax Mini. Those are the best. All right, I'm here with Craig. He's a consignment agent here at Meekum, and you know more about these bikes than anyone, I'm told. Well, there's a couple of people who know more than <laughs> me, for sure, but uh, uh, there's a very few people that have amassed the esoteric and useless knowledge that I have. <laughs> now, what's the highest price? What do you think is the highest price that we're going to fetch uh, at the auction this week? We have a couple of really great older American bikes. Uh, there is a Harley-Davidson strap tank. Last year, we set a world record with a Harley-Davidson strap tank. Almost a million dollars. Oh, my God. Almost a million dollars. See, I, I'm looking for a new bike. I just wanted to show <laughs> My ride. This is my ride here. It's a 2009 Vespa 150 Piaggio. Right. Uh, if I auctioned this out, it's got about, I hit 6,600 miles driving here. Okay. And it's dirty. How much could I get for this, honey? Uh, maybe about a thousand bucks. Wait a second. Okay, well, now we're talking. Yeah, so uh, I was probably going to bid on this one. It's like 80 to 100 grand, but it's already sold. So I was, I had it. I, that was the one, but. So, can we walk over to this one? Because this one looks Absolutely. like this might be one that might be something that would be good for me. Because <laughs> even on my Vespa, this is very sad to say, Craig, my feet don't touch the ground. Oh, so I got, definitely touch the ground. I have to kind of, yeah. I have to kind of lean it at a light. It makes me look cool. <laughs> like I'm kind of bad. I'm like, yeah, what's up? But it's really because otherwise yeah. I'd be tippy toed. I don't see, know if you noticed. I'm very familiar with. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. All right, now this one right here. <laughs> yeah. Now what's this one going for approximately? This one, you know, this one is actually a really, really great example. It is basically brand new. It hasn't even been dealer service. It's got two miles on it. It is. It's it's imported from Japan. You don't see 
see these in America. We have sold these in the past for ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my God! Yeah. Again, so I have a thousand credit coming with my Vespa, <laughs> so I'd have to then finance. Did you finance? Yes, we do financing. They do financing. Absolutely. I, see, I thought it was just all bigwigs out there no, just no. paying cash. Go to Meekum Finance, and they will give you more horsepower. Meekum. You use the, that's 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 trademark. That's the yeah. trademark. Okay, good. We'll <laughs> say it on the show, but that's it. All right. Well, I don't think I can get much for this, but I'm going to keep taking a look around. We're going to watch the auctioneers, which are fascinating. They they have to get a break, right? They do. We go through a rotation. Okay. And they're up there for you know about a 35, 45 minutes. Okay. Each. So yeah. I'm going to audition for the auctioneer next. Mm -hmm. Here we go. And we got Japanese back on for that thousand, 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 two thousand, two thousand. I got two thousand right here. Twenty-five, one, twenty-five, twenty-five, two thousand, three thousand, right there. Just like that. Yeah. Mm. But what you sell it for? Uh, no one that was. <laughs> right. No one really ever could. For people just stared at me blankly, like, what the hell's this guy saying? This moron. All right. Thank you very much, Absolutely. Craig. My pleasure. Meekum, you guys have been very accommodating. Another great event that happens here at the South Point, the Meekum Auction. This is fascinating. And where, where are you guys off to next? We are off to Glendale, Arizona. There you go. Glendale, Arizona, coming at you. So the Meekum Auction is here at the South Point Arena through Saturday for WTF Nicotero. Where the Frank is Nicotero? I'll see you next time. Who knows? This one, I'm keeping. I'm too attached to it. Safety first. Whoa. Whoa. He abandoned us. He just <laughs> they forget coming in studio after after where where the Frank is Nicotero. He just got on his Vespa and left. Yep, took it for a speed ride. Wow, I, I he almost fell on his face too. But that's <laughs> a different story for a different day. Uh, the Amicom auctions, of course, run through as Frank said, run through Saturday. Here, over two thousand bikes. Yes, uh, upstairs, uh, up at the arena. It, the arena technically, Jerry, is it safe to say the arena is technically upstairs from here? Yeah, that, yeah, you that, gotta go that, up. The... That's safe. Up a level, yeah, technically yeah, upstairs. Yeah. You gotta go up the escalator, uh, up the stairs. Here, uh, going through Saturday here at the South Point. By the way, and my, my chair just decided to go further down. My goodness, goodness. Uh, <laughs> all you can do is laugh. Uh, I will bring this up. Uh, some NFL news that came through today that didn't have to do with the games. Um, head coaching hirings. Uh, Dave Canellis goes from Tampa to Carolina. He's going to be the next Panthers head coach. And then what comes down is really just a stone-cold stunner. Yep. The Atlanta Falcons interviewed 14 candidates. Bill Belichick got interviewed twice. And the job goes to Raheem Morris. Who, of course, we've seen as an NFL head coach once before, three years, uh, one ten and six years in, in Tampa Bay, and two bad years yep. down there and with the Bucks. Now, you can argue it was too early for him to have a head coaching job now. 13 years later, back as a head coach in Atlanta. Rather stunning more than anything uh, on the front that I thought Belichick was getting that job when it all said and done. Right. Sounds like the front office overruled Arthur Blank, who wanted Bill Belichick. The front office, a little skeptical. Can't really blame him. Well, in the end, Rich McKay wins out, and he gets his man, and Raheem Moore is a little bit stunning there. Yep. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens in the NFC South this offseason. Uh, Baker Mayfield's a free agent. Uh, Derek Carr, maybe will be a little bit better. Maybe, who knows? With Bryce Young, uh, and then uh, again the Falcons sitting there as the team with the most talent, but with no quarterback, and now a head coach who I'm not certain this was the right move. But only time will tell. And that only two jobs remain: Washington and Seattle. Not Seattle, Washington. Both Washington and <laughs> Seattle. There you go. Uh, available uh, going uh, into the off season. Uh, quick updates. Before we get the full updates from our guy Vinny Maliulo later in the show on the front of the NFL games, we're still sitting at four. Yes. On in the, the AFC, AFC side, yep. the total is still coming down. The weather in Baltimore now, not like it was last week. We remember last week it was just cold and windy. It'll be warmer, but there's a light rain so nothing too bad with about 13 mile an hour winds so that impacts that there that's why the totals come down to 45 and a half 44 and a half i should say excuse me there and then the Niners still sitting at seven people samuel was limited today in practice we still don't know if he's going to be able to go that is the one and only thing i'm looking at in this game right now because even with the offensive line injuries on the detroit side I still expect them to be able to move the ball if debo doesn't go that's a humongous deal as we know we see We've seen the 49ers without Debo, where they were arguably, if not the best offense, one of the two best offenses in the NFL with him. Yep. I would say they were the best offense in the NFL. And then without him, they're 
mid-tier at best. They averaged less than 20 points a game in the three games that Debo did not play this past season. Yeah, so that's where plan. we're sitting as of right now. Was that right? Big part of the game plan. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Massive 100%. weapon for that offense. Uh, and again, not like they don't have guys. Ayuk is still right. really good. Kittle's awesome. We know how good McCaffrey is. By the way, there's still people that think probably Carolina won that trade, right, Ryan? <laughs> remember remember when that happened last year? And it's like, why are you giving up so much for a running back? Oh, he's only arguably he's only the best skill position player in the NFL, guys. Right. Missing the point Pretty close per usual on the running back discussion. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to shift over to college hoops. A lighter card for a Thursday than usual. But our guy, Kai McKeon, who is one of the th- weavers over a three-man weave, will have some plays for us tonight. That's next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, Join one of our free crafts lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the crafts dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket writers are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Barles, happy to be with you here on a Thursday. Producer Ryan McCormick is here as well and joining us now of Three Man Weave. We get to talk to our guy, Kai McKeon, today. Kai, thanks for hanging out today. How you doing? Good, Jeff. Good. How are you? No complaints. Uh, we were talking about this off the air. Would have wished for a little bit of a better slate on a Thursday, but hey, yeah. we'll, we'll work with what we have getting prepared uh, even two days from now for 154 games on Saturday, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. He was just saying that number out, out of my mouth. Uh, three hundred uh, over three hundred schools in action of the three hundred sixty-five on Saturday. Uh, just crazy. But hey, that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. With the schedule makers not knowing what they're doing on that. Um, let's uh, get into some action tonight. Before we get to your official plays, I want to get to a game that is intriguing in the American. And we talk about the American. It's all right. It's Florida Atlantic, even though they haven't been perfect. They're still the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. Memphis has not played well for about three weeks now. And now you get these two teams where North Texas, new addition, kind of forgotten about in the addition in the AAC with Grant McCaslin going to Texas Tech. And this mean green team is pretty darn good still. They're 73rd in Ken Palm. They still play that unbelievably slow style, and they're mm-hmm. great at defense. And they take on an SMU team tonight in Denton that, quite frankly, the, the metrics love. Uh, the metrics love SMU. Mm-hmm. They're a top, 50, top 40 Ken Palm. They're a top 16 defense. And here tonight, I think this number is right. Now that we're down to a pick across the board, that feels what it should be to me. These two teams are dead even with this game in Denton to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a couple things at play right here. The two best defensive teams in the league. That's why SMU's been so good this season. Their defense has been incredible uh certainly surprised me i did not expect this team to be this good but if you look at the roster they have talent they have two 
former power conference guy. Samuel Williamson was a four or five star recruit at Louisville. Chuck Harris was at Butler last year. So they had the talent. So it kind of makes sense they're playing to this level. I just didn't quite trust the coaching there. In North Texas's case, yeah, Hodge has basically continued the no middle defensive scheme that McCaslin ran at North Texas. They've been really just as good as they have been in the past couple of years. And the Super Pit is a really, really tough place to play. You know, you know, if you're going to lean anyway in this game, I think you lean towards the home team. Uh, very, very tough place to win. North Texas can make any game a war. Gritty, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the conference. I kind of like North Texas here. Um, hopefully, Ruben Jones is back. Their point guard's been out the last couple games. There's speculation he might be still TBD. North Texas, again, there are <laughs> there are 362 teams in college basketball. North Texas mm -hmm. is 362nd in tempo. A total of 126 Whoa. and a half is no misprint. And quite frankly, Kai, when I was going through this this morning, I was kind of stunned this total game is high uh, with these teams' mm -hmm. defensive abilities. And the fact that, and I, I've been talking about this with Alex a whole lot when, when she's been on the show, of when I'm looking at totals, I'm looking more at just what the tempos are, more so than what a team's yeah. offensive or defensive abilities are. But then when you put in together where this is a game where this game is in Denton, so it's going to be played more at a North Texas pace, which will be, grind, 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 and you have two top 25, 30 defenses in the country, I don't know if we're going to have enough possessions where it even makes sense to get the 126 and a half. Yeah, right. Agreed. And tempo more predictive on the whole than efficiency, right? The two ingredients to making a total pace efficiency. Uh, yeah, North Texas has played sub 60 possessions their last three games. I mean, they crawl. You said it. They're the slowest tempo in the country. Offensively, second slowest tempo. They, they just walk it up. They, they grind out possessions, and that's how they like to play. That's how they win. They can shoot, too. So if they hit shots, it's almost impossible to beat them with their pace. Let's uh, go to another game tonight here in College Hoops. Going to, let's go to Gonzaga, where, again, it's very rare that we see a type of market move with Gonzaga at the kennel like this, but I can't really argue with the market here. Taking this from 10 down to 9, with Gonzaga hosting the Dons. Now, this is not the Dons of two years ago. Still a solid team, but not quite that team that was in the NCAA tournament and nearly beat Murray State in the 7-10 game. Uh, look, this would be one of the spots where I actually kind of look to lay the favorite here now that we're down to nine. At the bigger numbers, sure, look at the dog. But now that we're getting closer to game time and his number's coming down, I would actually look to the favorite here in this one, Kai. Yeah, and San Francisco's been good all season. The problem is they're really good at beating bad teams and, and kind of mid-tier teams. Stepping up in competition has been a different story this year. They have two wins this season against the Kimpom Top 150, just two. The other games, they played pretty competitively, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. And you saw that with St. Mary's. They got crushed. This is another game where I think they could get crushed by Gonzaga, a team certainly motivated right now to stay in the at-large picture. They're not a guarantee to make the tournament you know, if they do not get the auto bid in the WCC, um, their freshmen are certainly playing better. Uh, Brendan Huff's been, or excuse me, Braden Huff's been really, really good the last few games. I lean towards Gonzaga here as well. Um, again, I just don't think the Dons step up, step up as well in competition as they do against mid-tier lesser teams. Let's uh, keep it out west here. Going to the Pacific, keeping it in the Pacific Northwest, but a little south of Spokane, going to Eugene here. You know, I can't quite figure either of these teams out. Arizona State goes on the road to take on the Ducks. Uh, I I know Oregon is five and two in conference, but every time I've watched them this year, they just look like a pretty average basketball team. Arizona State obviously got off to is off to a five and two start as well in conference play, and every time I've watched them, I think they're just bad. <laughs> and here they are uh, tied for the lead in the Pac-12, nine and a half tonight. Uh, with Oregon laying it at home uh, in Eugene with a total of 144. Yeah, a little smoke and mirrors with Arizona State's record. Uh, they are 5-2, and two, but probably should have lost to Stanford, probably should have lost to California, probably should have lost to Colorado. So <laughs> there's a lot of close games in there that Arizona State's kind of eked out, and, and I agree with you. I saw them in person this year when they came to Chicago. Not impressed by this team. Um, you know, they play hard. They're physical. They, they, they scrap defensively, but offensively, they tend to stagnate a lot. I think they're, they're flirting with 200th in the country in adjusted efficiency. Just not good enough. Oregon, to their credit, 
They've been great. It's kind of weird they have not won the past couple of games with Infale Dante back in the lineup, their fringe All-American candidate when fully healthy. Um, but I do think he's still ramping up. This is his third or fourth game back. I think he'll continue to get better. And I love these these group of guards that Oregon has. The freshman, uh, Jackson Shellstad. if you haven't seen him yet, he is a, a real talent, potential pro in, in a year or two. You know, it's uh, it, it's a fascinating league out West. And, and the only team that I kind of know what we're getting out of, at least on a positive most nights, is Arizona. And they're in action tonight. They're at Oregon State. Now, this is a gigantic line for a reason. Oregon State, not any good, but gets 18 points at home in a spot where some weird stuff can happen from time to time in Corvallis. This kind of feels like, all right, you're, you're getting 18 at home. If Arizona beats them by 30, so be it. But I kind of like the dog getting all these points in what I think is a pretty sleepy spot, all things considered, for the Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of hate fading Oregon State at, at big numbers, um, especially when they're at Corvallis. And that's because of Wayne Tinkle's defensive schemes. Uh, he throws a lot of junk zones out there that can really confuse opponents and slow the game down, really add some choppiness to it. Uh, you saw that in Duke against Duke last year in Portland at the PK-85. Oregon State completely stymied them. Duke clearly way better, but Oregon State had the scheme to kind of take them out of their game. I'm not saying they can do that with Arizona tonight, but it makes me think twice about laying almost 20 points on the road. Um, so I would lean towards the Beavers, or I would stay away completely. I love Arizona, so I'm not recommending fading them as well. One, uh, one more before we get to your official plays, and this is a different Arizona team that may not be at the forefront of many people's minds, but they're really good, and that's the Antelopes of Grand Canyon, who are coming mm -hmm. off a loss in Seattle against the pretty solid Seattle U team, actually. Uh, Grand Canyon goes on the road for their second consecutive road game. The Stephen F. Austin, this whack actually is is pretty good for the second consecutive mm -hmm. year since they remade the conference. It's one and a half basically across the board with Grand Canyon laying it on the road. I'm just curious your thoughts here because I, I know this is a pretty brutal road spot for Grand Canyon, but this feels like a bounce back even though they're playing a, a pretty good team in their own right in the Lumberjacks. Yeah, they have two major advantages tonight. Number one is they force turnovers, and SFA has been terrible uh, handling the ball. They have good guards. I don't really understand, but they just cough it up constantly. It's part of the the pace they play with, the, the kind of craziness uh, that, that they play with on the floor. And going into that as well, they foul about as much as anybody in the country. I, I think second highest foul rate in the, in the entire nation. Grand Canyon, that's their bread and butter. They get to the line. Uh, penetration, uh, fantastic guards. Ty and Grant Foster, um, former JUCO slash Kansas player, uh, took a year off due to medical issues. He's playing at an incredible level. So I do think Grand Canyon kind of clears them in a matchup perspective. However, these whack spots can be strange with, with the home and away aspect. Again, like you said, you saw Grand Canyon lose to Seattle. I could see SFA taking this one at home. They have a good home court. They are a scrappy team. It, it makes me think twice about taking Grand Canyon. Yeah, I mean, I it, we both said it. I mean, this is a wacko road spot here where the road trip is Seattle, go back home to Grand Canyon, and then go to Texas to take on Stephen yeah. F. Austin and then, uh, in uh, Noka Doges and uh, then go to Arlington to take on UT Arlington. It's a weird, and you can get this, and we're going to get this more and more in bigger leagues moving forward as well. But these are these road spots to, to, to really look at uh, moving forward, really also, again, if you want the Power 5-1 right now, it's BYU whenever they have to go east or anyone having to go west to Provo mm -hmm. uh, from the, for those East Coast swings, even though Cincinnati handled that pretty well to, to begin yep. Big 12 play. All right, let's go to your plays. Let's start in a game that I actually had my eye on as well in the Big West, and that's uh, Long Beach State hosting UC Irvine tonight, and Long Beach State at home a three-and-a-half-point underdog right now. I, I like the beach. I, I like Long Beach State here. Uh, obviously, a huge spot with UC Irvine coming to town. They're the class of the conference. Um, they've been playing great. L Long Beach, the reason I like them, they're, they're getting healthier. They've been really banged up the last few games. Uh, Marcus Sahonis, arguably their best player. Uh, he missed a game. He was also playing a bit hurt. Came back full strength last game. They, you saw them play a lot better. I think having him back in the lineup is huge. Jaden Jones, another guard, uh, uh, missed a few games. He's back in the lineup. This is about his third or fourth game back. Again, ramping up. 
And yeah, the spot's great. They have the athletes to hang with UC Irvine. They have the talent. Uh, this is a team that many thought could win the league in the preseason, and I still think they have the ability to do so. So I do like them as a dog here at home. It's a pretty solid league and, and pretty wide open now out there in the Big West, especially with UC Santa Barbara, who I thought was going to be at the top of the league just being pretty average so far out yeah. there. Pretty uh, pretty interesting go of it out there in that conference. Uh, let's go to the Big Sky next. And we got this one between Sacramento State and Montana State. Sacramento State at home. The Hornets are one-and-a-half-point favorites tonight against Montana State. Yeah, I like the Hornets. I like Sacramento State. Uh, they haven't been very good this year, but th the spot's good here. Montana State, they're playing their third game in five days. Uh, there's a couple weird scheduling spots in the big sky like this. Montana State is kind of in the midst of it right now. Sac State, much better at home uh, than they are on the road. And that actually kind of is the same uh, scenario with Montana State. They have not played as well on the road as they have at home. The big sky home this year has been uh, very, very solid. Sacramento State. What they do is they crash the boards. They play a really brutal physical style of basketball under David Patrick. They can make this game a war. Short spread, basically win the game. I, I think they can get it done at home. One and a half point favorites right now, the Hornets of Sacramento State against Montana State. These are both later tips, 6 o'clock Pacific time for this one. The Long Beach game starts at 7. Before we let you go, Kai, just looking ahead to this monster card on Saturday, obviously we have no lines yet, but obviously we, when you have 150-plus games, you end up with a bunch of marquee ones that you're looking for potential spot plays or whatever you may be looking at. What are a few games or a game that stands out to you on Saturday to be like, all right, I'm waiting for this line and I'm wanting to bet it, assuming if it comes out the way I expect it to? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, there are a ton of games, and there are a ton of awesome games uh, on Saturday. You know, the one I'm kind of intrigued about, if I had to choose one, BYU at, uh, hosting Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas, a team that I'm not really high on. They, they have not impressed me, but they're off an enormous win at Oklahoma. Uh, not an easy thing to do. Maybe they're finding some sort of mojo. We know they have the talent. Dylan DeSue has been all-American level. The problem is Rodney Terry, not the best coach, in my opinion, um, kind of panning out this year. And BYU, like you said, is supposed to have a pretty big home court advantage here in the Big 12. They haven't shown it consistently. I think they do on Saturday against Texas. You might get kind of an inflated line. That's going to be the question. Will the books line this along with Ken Palm and make it eight? That seems a bit too high to me. Or will they bring it down a bit, line it more five or six? That's more of a line I, I would like to take with BYU. If it's eight or nine, might stay away. Five, six, maybe even seven. I'd li I like the Cougars there. Well, uh, all I'll tell you, Kai, is... Uh... I don't know if Jim told you about this. Jim and I have a have a bet on BYU. I have bottom five in the conference. He has oh, top no. six in the conference. <laughs> if it ends up in the middle, no one wins. So I'm fully right. prepared for them to finish eighth in the conference and no one wins on that on that bet uh, in, in the Big Twelve in their first year uh, in that conference. Yeah, you're on pace. <laughs> yeah, we're right on. We're right on pace for them to finish eighth. Uh, it's right yeah. on. Right on for it, uh, which, they, of course, that's naturally what would end up <laughs> happening. He's Kai McKeon. Again, three-man weaver. You can find him, Matt, and Jim, as always, doing great stuff over there. Uh, Kai, pleasure as always, man. Thanks for hanging with us today. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Scott Spritzer will join the show. We, he has a college hoops play for today and a game that's starting at the top of the hour. And we look at the conference championship games in the National Football League. Scott Spritzer joins the show next here on Sports by the Book. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas's top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 12.30, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 12.30 a.m. in the Grand View Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grand View Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. 
South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles. And now joining us, professional handicapper. He's been around for a long time. Very good handicapper as well. Our guy, Scott Sprites, are with us right now. Scott, thanks for being with us today. Hey, it's great to be here, Jeff. I'm looking forward to uh, this network really taking off, and it's fun to listen to. I check it out almost daily, and good to be on with you, Jeff. We're we're uh, we're, we're thankful for those kind words. Uh, again, we Ryan, we're over. We've uh, we've added like 150 subscribers in the last week. I don't, yeah, we're over 1,100. Yeah, now. Frank, Frank Nicotero uh, finally decided to go into the Rolodex, I guess. But uh, <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we're we're thrilled to have you on, uh, Scott. And I want to start. Let's start in college hoops because you have a you have a play on a game. That is going to start at the top of the hour, and it is IPFW, which I, I had to tell Ryan what it stood for before the, in the beginning of the show, uh, Indiana-Purdue-Fort Wayne, taking on Northern Kentucky. This is actually a good matchup in that conference in the horizon. Uh, Northern Kentucky to Norse laying four in this game at home against the Mastodons with a total of 151 behind me, as low as 158.5 in the market, as high as 151.5 right now. Yeah, Jeff, you know, last night, I, I'm, a, I'm a night owl, and I'm jumping into this game last night. It was five just mm -hmm. about everywhere. And uh, this morning, of course, it started to drop a little bit. I know at the South Point about 20 minutes ago, it was uh, down to four, and I jumped in when it went down, actually. So, listen, they seek revenge. They lost to IPFW by 13 points uh, earlier this season, but that game was on the road. And check out Northern uh, Kentucky's home road dichotomy. They're fantastic at Highland Heights, their home court where they're eight and one, just three and eight straight up on the road. They made 59% of their two point attempts over their last four home games, which is top notch, obviously. And what I like about the Norse is they will get you to turn the ball over, especially on their home floor. They shoot two pointers with solid accuracy. They don't attempt a lot of threes, and I think that's important in this rematch because IPFW defends the three-point line better than they do inside the three. And again, you know, this is one of those situations where NKU is, you know, towards the bottom of the basketball list, 360-plus teams when it comes to three-point to two-point ratio. So I'm getting a team that does what they do best against a team that isn't that great against defending the two. In fact, they're 306th in the nation in two-point mm -hmm. defense. And when you look at the Mastodons, IPFW, they're 255th in defensive efficiency field goal percentage, and they're horrible on the glass. So, listen, the last time on this floor, Northern Kentucky won by 20. I don't know that they're going to win by 20. I just need them to win by five, right? So I like Northern Kentucky here laying a couple of buckets. Uh, Northern Kentucky right now, four-point favorites. Scott's side for this one against IPFW. Again, IPFW... Got off to an awesome start this year. 13-2 have lost five straight games right now yep. uh, as their defense has started to fail them in conference play. And uh, the Norris right now, uh, winners of three in a row. Uh, again, there are, some, there are some really bad teams in that conference, including uh, oh, Detroit yeah. Detroit Mercy, who is a nice, hearty 0-20 uh, so far this year. Uh, kind of missing uh, Mike Davis's son, who, of course, is the all-time leading scorer in college hoops. I do have one more college hoops game uh, that I just want to ask you about real quick. That's Gonzaga tonight. Uh, I asked Kai McKeon this. I'm just curious your thoughts because we very rarely see Gonzaga single digits at home in WCC play when it's not St. Mary's as the opponent. Uh, just, just what are your thoughts here with it down to nine? This was double figures overnight. 
Yeah, I, I like San Francisco a little bit here. The, the caveat for me is that they played a soft slate this year, a little bit softer than they normally do outside of the West Coast Conference. And that is a little bit of a concern. This number, you know, as you mentioned, it was 10, you know, last night, this morning. Most books now sit in a nine, couple at nine and a half. But the Dons are 10th in the country in two-point shooting. And when I do shows, you'll hear me a lot of times talking about three-point ratio to two-point ratio, how the team does inside the arc as opposed to outside the arc. They do struggle from behind the three-point line, and they rely on that shot inside quite a bit. I like them here, though, because, you know, this isn't the same Gonzaga team that we've seen under Mark Few for many, many years now. They don't shoot the three all that well. And San Francisco on defense is at their best against the two. I do think they can hang around here, Jeff. I do think they're going to be able to cover this number. Again, it's dropped from 10 to 9. I actually made this 8, so there's a little bit of wiggle room left to go with San Francisco plus the points for me. It is so strange seeing Gonzaga struggle like this, and and I think they're a bubble team. We'll see how it goes tonight for them. Again, uh, Scott, uh, lean to the Dons here as a nine-point dog on the road in the kennel against Gonzaga. Let's go to the NFL. Uh, let's start on the AFC side here. This is the early game on Sunday at uh, noon Pacific, three local in Baltimore. Uh, you know, the it, last week with the Kansas City-Buffalo game, I just couldn't pass up the points couldn't pass up the plus price with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs got away with it. Similar spot here this week, but Scott, the one thing that stands out to me in this game is the unknown status of Joe Thune, where he is to me, Kansas city's best offensive lineman. We have seen Kansas city in the playoffs in the past with line injuries, totally change what their ability is, what they can do on offense. Uh, and Baltimore's defense is a defense that could make them pay. If Joe Thune is not plays, and isn't 100%, or if he doesn't go at all. So I, this is a pass for me, even at this number of four, which is kind of jarring to see with a Patrick Mahomes team getting it. Uh, do you have anything here with the total now also at 44 and a half? Yeah, I'm not getting involved in the total. I actually jumped on Baltimore at three mm -hmm. and a half, and I would be on them whether Thune plays or not, but your point is well taken up front at guard. You know, he's just so tough. Uh, and this defense, I mean, you give them any kind of a break if Thune's not out there. And I do believe you're right that he's the best offensive lineman on this team. If he's not able to play or he has to miss some plays during the course of the game because uh, he's less than 100% healthy, it's advantage Baltimore. There's plenty, I think. I mean, you know, when we're breaking down a, a game, Jeff, you know, when we're handicapping games, we're looking to make our bets. We can make a reason for either side that's on the field. I just come up with more advantages, strengths versus weaknesses for the Ravens in this contest. And you can start with that Kansas City red zone offense. And if Thune's not playing, it hurts them even more. I mean, they've been struggling since day one this season, basically, to get the ball in the end zone, to reach pay dirt uh, when they're in that red zone and they're not getting the job done. They did a little bit last week against Buffalo. But I went back the last four games, Jeff, the final couple of regular season games and the last two playoff games, obviously. And in those last four games, Kansas City's had 21 scoring drives. 14 of those were field goals. Seven were touchdowns. That's a little scary if you're back in KC here or if you happen to like the over. But Baltimore heads into this AFC Championship, Jeff, the second best defense when it comes to red zone success rate allowed. They're just all over this. It's their strength against KC's weakness. We know KC's receivers have struggled to hang on to the football. And the Ravens are the number one defense in yards per pass allowed. Uh, they've allowed 21 or more points this year four times. You know, that's what Casey's got to go against. And then Baltimore can run the football. I was perplexed, confused, couldn't understand last week. I had no action on the game. Why Buffalo quit running the football with James Cook? Even their fullback had like 40 yards in the game on seven or eight carries. It was all Josh Allen. They were tearing up that Kansas City defense on the ground. And here comes Baltimore, number one in the league on the ground, a buck 56 uh, per game averaged. And you know, it's just one of those things where I think Casey's defense is going to be in trouble. And one of those rare instances, Jeff, when Kansas City doesn't have a big coaching advantage, it's at least even down the middle. And maybe I even lean to Harbaugh a little bit at this point, but at the most, it's it's dead even. And so all those key advantages, I think, fall in line with a, a bet on Baltimore. And uh, I did lay three and a half. And as you mentioned, it's up four just about everywhere. I think they end up winning this game by about 10 points. And it scares me to say that because we've got Mahomes, you know, directing the, uh, the the offense on the other side and he can work magic. But I like Baltimore here. Yeah, and I can't, I can't really fault you on any of that, Scott, because 
when you look at also one other thing with Baltimore that has impressed me so much this year, when they have played better competition, they have they're just blasting good teams. They beat the Lions sure. by 30 plus. They beat Seattle sure. by 30 plus earlier in the year. I went into San Francisco and beat up the Niners. I know there was two touchdowns. That was a three score game. And then last week, when they put the the, the pedal on the, the the foot on the gas pedal, boy, I was a <laughs> dominant second half against a good game Houston team. And also, they didn't allow an offensive touchdown to Houston in two matchups this year. So, a very impressive defense. 15 is the only real argument for Kansas City this week. It really is. It's just Mahomes. Uh, but uh, Baltimore, I, I agree with you. Top to bottom, Baltimore, the better team. And if you have to have this game at home, you better find a way to get here to Las Vegas uh, with a win on Sunday. Going to the late game. This is, you know, this is fascinating to me because we're at seven right now. We're starting to get some seven minus 20 in the market at some spots. Of course, sure. only 11 to 10 behind me here at the South Point. It's still seven on San Francisco. Total is up to 52 across the board now from 51 earlier in the week. We still don't know about Debo Samuel and and Scott. That's really the deciding factor for me if I'm going to hop in on the Niners laying a touchdown if Debo is going to be actually able to go, even though he practiced in a limited fashion today. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, you know, there's a few books out there that have gone to seven and a half, very few, but a few. And uh, one of my line services was reporting about 56, 57 percent of the tickets on Detroit. So we might have a bit of a public underdog mm-hmm. here. And I'm not into that whole public versus, you know, sharp type of thing, because, listen, the public wins about 50 percent of the time. The issue is at 11 to win 10, you got to win 52.3 uh, to break even. So I'm not one of those guys who's like, if I'm on the public side and my handicap says public side, I'm going to be on it. It's as simple as that. But as far as this game is concerned, uh, obviously, if you're looking at Detroit, you're a little concerned with that defense. Each of their last five opponents have had at least four scoring drives in the games that they played in. Ten of their last 11 opponents have scored at least 20 points with an average of 26 points per game, Jeff. And if you check out the past defense, the last five quarterbacks that the Lions have faced have completed 66% of their passes about 374 yards passing per game. How about 9.6 yards per pass? Even Nick Mullins, they faced Nick Mullins twice late in the season. His two games against Detroit, he combined for over 800 yards and 10 yards per pass. You know, I know Brock Purdy threw a couple of clunkers last week. In fact, you know, if a certain Green Bay defender does what he should have and intercepts the ball Mm -hmm. and runs back at pick six, we might be talking about Green Bay this week. But I think with another week under, you know, his wing of a postseason game, CMC on the ground, Brandon Ayuk, who, by the way, is not about overplay receiving yardage. I think it's a situation where San Francisco is a little bit too much here. Real quick final note on these receivers. Evans for Tampa Bay, buck 47 through the air against Detroit last week. Nakua for the Rams, 181 through the air against Detroit. And even Jefferson for Minnesota late in the season, second time he faced him, Almost 200 yards receiving. That's one of the reasons why I like Ayuk to go over this total. San Francisco best in the business at yards after catch. Ayuk 80 and a half receiving yards uh, and over on that. And look, you mentioned it. The Detroit defense, if they end up losing this game, it's not going to be because their offense didn't show. Weather's supposed to be great. Niner defense has been a little bit disappointing over the last six weeks. It's going to be even if Samuel doesn't play, it's going to be because of what you said, a big-time wide receiver going off, and it could be Brandon Ayuk, 80 and a half, the number Scott looking over on that one. Again, he's Scott Spritzer. Uh, again, you can find him on the tweets at Scott Wins, uh, sports betting analyst. You, you hear him all over the place, and you heard him just right here on Sports by the Book. Scott, pleasure as always. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Take care, Jeff, man. I really appreciate it. So how to everybody the South Point for me? Will do. Vinny's giving you the wave uh, off, off uh, stage right. right <laughs> Perfect. Now. Uh, when, we, when we get back, we we'll take a quick break. Vinny Maliulo, Jimmy Vaccaro in studio. Plenty to get to on Sports by the Book. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day. Plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. 
when you need a quick pick-me-up. You can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Pars, Ryan McCormick, our producer, always well-dressed. In the back there, and now sure. face try. Uh, yep, there he is. Look at him. Look at him. Tie and all. Wasn't wearing a tie. It was opposite day on uh, Frank's show today. I think uh, it's definitely Pipoff's <laughs> Pipoff's material for you. Yeah, Ryan. absolutely. I could Thank see you, it. Buddy. Absolutely. All the all the way down it. to the the. the I'm sure, the, you had to fold your hand. How to hold your hand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little cigarette, maybe. <laughs> those are the dulcet tones of Vinnie Maliulo, as always. What's up, buddy? And look who joined us as That's well. That's right. It's our guy, Jimmy Fakaro. Jimmy, good to see you. It's a pleasure to see you. I know you guys are big shots now. You forget where we are. Oh, come on. <laughs> that, When's the last that. time you came back and said, hi, Chris? Hi, Benny. Hi, Jimmy. Uh, I was back there when my, you, you, uh, you talked to my dad, who was in, in, in town last week. It was last you, year. Uh, that was, that was <laughs> last week. It wasn't last year. <laughs> Let me run this by you so I don't want to miss it, and then you guys can take it, and I got to go to the spa anyway. Okay. Obviously, we know about Super Bowl Sunday. We know this the biggest attraction, one game affair that we have. And every year it goes up a little bit, not from like here to here, but like we know we can always lean on. But here's why Jimmy thinks it's even going to be bigger this year. I'm going to just name these teams first, Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit, and 49ers. You have three out of those four teams who are crowd favorites. Mm -hmm. So I believe that type of situation will even create more money. And you know where it'll show kid also is like Friday and Saturday of next week, the people who come to town for like to come to town, they'll get their $100 ticket. Because these three teams are what we call marquee teams. So mm -hmm. it's going to be busy anyway. But it's going to be a little bit more busy and, you know, get here. And, uh, you know, what we do to like, let everybody have a chance to win, we have the kiosk. We have two ballrooms upstairs, I think, Vincent, two yep. ballrooms yep. upstairs. We have the Grandview Lounge. But, like, it's amazing. But, like, three out of those four teams are teams that people love to bet on. You know, Jimmy brings up an important point because we oftentimes get – asked you know what's the best matchup for business and everything well first of all let's remember business this year is going to get an even bigger boost because the game is here all right and yeah, just seven miles up I the mean, road the thing <laughs> yeah. about it is we we always and chris andrews put out a, a, a nice response to a a, a recent uh, social media post about how many people are going to be in town They're over three hundred thousand, three hundred thirty thousand. i could tell you this las vegas outdraws the whole city on a, on a uh, on a regular basis. I mean, yeah. we got the hotel inventory, uh, oh, the hotel room inventory, and of course, everything that goes with that. Uh, uh, the game, the, the betting on the game yeah. itself and all the proposition bets, but everything else, all the entertainment, the dining, and all the other gaming uh, elements as well. So um, to Jimmy's point, which is important too, is you've got three of the four teams here that have been public teams for mm -hmm. such a long time. The 49ers, uh, the Chiefs, uh, the Ravens, and then the... But, Let's face it, right, Jimmy? In the last couple of years, with yeah. Dan Campbell up in Detroit, yep. uh, they 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 became very popular this year yeah. as well. And these four fan bases well, all travel as we well always, too. No matter whether it's uh, you know the March Madness or now, yeah, we love the teams that are Cinderella, and obviously the Lions are Cinderella this year. Mm -hmm. But this one is going to be an easy one as far as teasers are concerned. 
It's going to be uh, it's going to be the Rams. Uh, excuse me, they're going to be the Kansas. Getting all 49ers. 49ers. We're going to be a big, big teaser game. Oh, Make yeah. no mistake about it. So, like you said, we're here. We do it. And ten years ago, we couldn't even say Super Bowl. We couldn't. Now it's right down the street from where we're at, a bookie place where obviously we do everything uh, the way it's supposed to be done. But just think about that. There was you couldn't bet a three dollar parlay card in this town twenty some years ago. Now. And uh, now in the paper today, out there, you uh, people, uh, the guy, Oakland A's guy was in town. You know, they're going to start the trying owner. to get this yeah. thing yeah, done. Yeah, Fisher so, was uh, here yesterday. Yep. Stick around. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's happening. It's going. It's going to keep going. It will be by, what, what is it, 2024 right now? Yeah. yeah. I will say by 2034, this will be a four-sport town. The NBA will be here by then as well. It, within ten, I think. Yeah. I think it'll be less. It, it yeah. could very easily I, be seven. I, I think it very easily. I think it. I think it'll. Uh, I. I'd bet the under ten. And I'm not. I don't. The biggest question, actually, I think, will be: Is it going to be a relocation, or is it going to be a, a, an expansion? I think team? it will be. Personally, yeah. I think it will be an expansion. Yeah. I, if it if it takes that long, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, I guess I think every, every you know I think the uh, most teams are on a pretty good uh, <laughs> financial footing. So, Just, um, but I think you'll see. Uh, you know, probably. Uh, uh, a group with uh, that may include one, one uh, famous Laker. Well, I, I, the, the, the king uh, right himself, now. probably. Yeah. Probably, I, I could so. see uh, LeBron James. Uh, I think he's made no bones about it, being yep. Yep. Uh, you know as a, uh, maybe the next step in his uh, a business uh, career. And just think, maybe in five years we'll have every every major league team Crazy. in this town where yeah. we yeah. couldn't say the word Super Bowl ten years ago. Right. We would get something in the mail if you do it again. We're going to fine you. Think about that. From the big nothing, game. The yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. From nothing to what it's going to be. It's, it's incredible. But, yeah. and each, obviously, every major league team is going to say, I'm going to let those weasels make all the money. You know, we're going to build something there. And that's, I, I think your 10's a little high, but obviously it could be. But uh, we're going to have every major league team here in the next, uh, you know, in the next 10 years. There's no doubt about yeah, it. I, I, again, I might have just been high on the 10. All depends on what you said. If it's a new, if it's a new team or not in the NBA, A's are coming. What twenty eight, right? Twenty twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. officially on the A's now. Which, what's interesting about the A's, Jeff? Yeah, the, I, I, well, the target date to complete the uh, the stadium. Question is, where uh, are they going to play? Uh, <laughs> before I think that? this this year, they're uh, in Oakland this year. In Oakland, but I think that you know, in twenty five, six, and seven, my recommendation would be that they they split between here and Reno. And Reno, yes, there's, there's a stadium that, up in you know, Reno. Who, who, who's tra what is that? The Diamondbacks team in Reno still? The Aces, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, the uh, Reno Aces, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Ryan, I mean, so you, you now you're attracting, you know, uh, the, the whole the, the entire state. Yep. And again, they're a Northern California team, which is a lot of A's and Giants fans up in uh, Northern Nevada and right is now. Is it a nice place? It's a nice stadium. Oh, it's a great, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a nice facility. Really now, you know, the concern is, well, you know, is it going to, you know, it's only they only hold about ten. Both both places you know, about ten, yeah. but. Yeah. You know what? What's the alternative? You know, to they've also looked in Salt Lake. City I saw the Salt Lake. City. I saw the Salt Lake City report yesterday. Rotate yeah. all. Well, I, yeah. That's and that's not much bigger either. I don't right. They're building right. a new. Right. They're no. building a new ballpark there, aren't they? Yeah, for the Angels. Yeah, yeah. for the for the for the bees. Yep. So you know, you attract uh, three cities, uh, uh, two states worth of uh, fans. I think. That's true. So that should be good. Good to do. But getting uh, back to these uh, these two games this week. Um, yeah. Uh, action is. Uh, is is very steady, and again, um, Ravens now four uh, mm -hmm. and uh, seven on the uh, on the Niners. So, um, plenty of props. Uh, we continue to have more props. Chris uh, put out two more sheets of props uh, today on both games: alternate point spread props, uh, alternate total props, uh, all kinds of uh, 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 you know. There's something for everybody here, including the projected Super Bowl. Yeah. Numbers too. Who you think is going to get in there, Jimmy? Yeah, and this, I'm looking at the, the teams right now. The Chiefs and the Ravens. Even though we've had some money on the Ravens, you know damn well the Chiefs are going to, you know. I, well, people people will bet them on so go. go oh, there's no there's there's amount of money. Because your yeah. quarterback. Yeah, because your quarterback. Of course, no doubt. And uh, you're we're going to get Lions money back if we go to seven and a half. You know, right. It'll be a little bit of a maneuver there, but we'll see what happens. Well, it's interesting because uh, of course only eleven to ten here. As we yes. know, yeah, right. mm -hmm. and there, we're starting to see some seven tw seven minus one twenties mm -hmm. on San Francisco in the market. Mm -hmm. So, right. and there's even some in some faraway places, some seven and a halves out there. Yeah, I think. And again, let's remember this uh, as well. I mean, today's Thursday. I mean, 
you know, 85%, 90% of the money actually uh, is, is yet to come and uh, that'll come uh, on the weekend. So, uh, uh, you know, it'll, it'll start building. Uh, it's, there's a steady stream today. And of course, today is a combination of uh, today's NBA, NHL, and college basketball slate. You've got a, a, a busy college basketball, NBA, and NHL weekend as well. But uh, everybody will be involved with these, uh, with these two games this weekend. And again, uh, once we get to tomorrow night, it'll be just start really jumping here and uh yeah. at the stop point just uh i i just want to look ahead real quick yeah just because of course once these games are set you already have some look ahead numbers of course yeah. if you bet a matchup that doesn't happen on these just look ahead numbers it's a refund get the money back so let's mm-hmm. say the ravens if you bet the ravens versus the lions and it ends up being the ravens and the 49ers Check your house rules as always. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking here. about here. Yeah. I'm talking about for here. Yeah. For elsewhere, of course, check your house rules if you bet it elsewhere. But for here at the South Point, if you happen to do that, it would be a refund on that. Uh, just Vinny and, and Jimmy, just for, of course, the big prop book will be out by the end of next week. Uh, just uh, the process uh, of getting the props up over the, uh, the the days leading up to the game. You're talking about the, the, the Super Bowl the, yes, props with the you know four or 500 props. Look, the thing about the, the – the thing about the props is the templates are, are you know, they're pretty much set. You know, of you've course. got it's it's the administrative part of it at like setting them up and making sure the stipulations. Again, there's house rules and then there's stipulations. What's a stipulation? So, for instance, if there is a particular player prop, let's say it's a a, a, a wide receiver to go over or under X amount of yards. Okay, the stipulation here would be player has to play but does not have to start. Now, again, that's that's a, a stipulation. So there's all kinds of uh, the stipulations, the administrative part are the or what what's really time consuming. And yeah. you know, you can put up props right up until uh, you know, uh, Saturday, yeah, or Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, when, I got on one for you, you got to yeah. think. How can we have both Kelsey brothers in a parlay somehow? <laughs> well, unless it Taking an ice beer, beer or, beers uh, consumed. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, uh, it would have to be right. You'd have to set that over. Um, I'm, uh, I'm I, I, you know what? I don't think you could. I don't. I don't. If it's beers consumed by Jason versus catches by Travis, I don't know if you uh, can lay enough beers with Jason. Jason's still. a huge favorite. <laughs> I, I'd lay that. Hey, lay four and a half beers, and you still still <laughs> might be good. Be see, see, we're missing out. We're missing out on a prop like that, which we can't book. Of course. And the other one, like. Uh, with the election coming up in a few months, you know we're the only country in the world that doesn't book the election. Well, and and you you've you've talked about this for years, Jimmy. Yeah. Where I, again, especially with, I think it'd be a little bit different this go around since we're we're trending towards a rematch of the 2020 election. But if betting was allowed in this country on a 2020 election, forget it. I mean, it would have been forget have a record turn. Forget, forget any super. Yeah. Forget any Super Bowl. Forget forget anything. It would have been the Highest handle event in the history of the country by a wide margin at twenty. Here's a little. Election. Here's what happens. I'm sure Vincent's just the same thing. People come up thinking that you can bet the election, no matter <laughs> where they come from. Then when you tell them it's for entertainment purposes only, you get the finger in the face. Oh yeah, you I'm get sure. The finger. What do you mean I can't? They bet, do they, they do it in Taiwan. Well, go to Taiwan and make well, go to, right. just go north of the border. They do it in Canada yeah, right now. Right. I can tell you this would be a record voter turnout because people would have a vested. <laughs> Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, of course. Interesting, but no, I, no, Jimmy, Jimmy, well, you, I, I remember you talk about this for years. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, the it's, response uh, we got from that. But we'll uh, we'll stick with the uh, we'll stick the, with the sports for the now. Uh, <laughs> NFC and AFC title games and the uh, and the Super Bowl. And uh, again, the fact that the Super Bowl is here this year, uh, I it, it's easy to say that there'll be a record. I, I just want to ask one last thing before we get out of here today. Yeah. Futures book. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine. San Francisco and Detroit would be the two that could potentially be an issue, but you're pretty well balanced at this no, point. No, I think uh, Chris has uh, talked about yeah. pretty, pretty good shape to the future. Yeah. Book. I mean, these these were teams that you have to remember. I mean, every one of these teams was favored in in their divisions, right? They were the, their div- yes. respective division favorites. So in the future books, there weren't really uh, uh, high prices, uh, high odds. You, you get in trouble in a future book expo- exposure wise when there's a long shot. Uh, you know, you know, again, uh, the classic one. Would be the the Golden Knights in their inaugural season, where there were you know such uh, uh, you know very people, high odds people, on people them. having to break tickets oh they broke out the of, uh, break the break tickets, tickets out of, out of, out of, out of, out of souvenir. <laughs> I, I, I told I told that story. My buddy did that. And here's here's something that's obviously been 
over the years, we've understood how to handle it. We'd start taking futures on next year's Super Bowl when they're ready to kick off for this Super Bowl. Yeah. So if you know what the hell you're doing, you have like nine or 10 months to like maneuver your props and maneuver your future. So usually, not all the time, but I'd say nine out of 10 times, we pick up nice money with the future books. You hold the money for a long time and you've got, uh, Jimmy's right. I mean, it, there was a time we didn't put up the futures until the season started, right. you know, but now, you, or the summer. Uh, now, uh, I started doing this when I was at Caesars one year. We, we had a refund. It was the, uh, the, the Packers and the, when the Packers beat the um, Patriots okay. by 14. Yeah. And everybody was was cashing their money out, so I put up NFC and AFC for the next year and wrote over a hundred thousand. I said, "Why not? Why wait? Why wait till till oh, next it may, year?" It may next year what, and, that, and that game landed a push, right? Again, but it was fourteen. We had, yeah. That was it was the great refund. I call it. Oh, great! The great refund. That and, was fantastic. Uh, it's uh, over four and a half trips to the uh, to the spa on Super Week for you. Super Bowl yeah. weekend, Chuck? Yeah, the weekend or the whole week? Uh, just a week. Oh, yeah, the week. You know. The week. No, the weekend. I was going to. That's oh, what I was going to say. say. Okay, that, yeah. gonna the say. week. Oh, you was ready to bang it up. Uh, for the week? That's okay. why I said four and a half over for the weekend. I'd still, I'd still lay the price. Minus 120. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Vinny, pleasure as always. Uh, nice to see Scott Spritzer. Yeah, also. good to see Scott as well. Uh, big thanks to Kai McKeon as well for joining us today. Vinny, uh, you and Chris are back tomorrow, tomorrow with me. Football Friday. Three. Maybe we'll see Jimmy as well. Yes. On the show for a Football Friday, three to four here on Sports by the Book. Great job, crew. Sean and Jerry, Ryan, great work as always. Also, shout out to Frank Nicotero doing a great job and where the Frank is Nicotero at the top of the show as well. I'm Jeff Parles. We'll see you again tomorrow, 3 o'clock, right here. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio.